This is Nora. And this is Jackie. And we are Miss Media, a podcast that discusses rape culture within pop culture. Join us Fridays for new episodes. Hi. (laughs) We're very giggly today. A little bit. All right. What are we talking about? (laughs) We're talking about healthy relationships in media. Can you imagine that those exist? Healthy relationships in media. After all this talk that we've had about all the problems. Oh my goodness. How are we going to find examples of healthy relationships in media? It's going to be hard, but we're going to do it. (laughs) We're going to figure it out. (laughs) So, uh, okay. What do, let me ask you, Jackie. Yes. What do you believe healthy relationships actually consist of? I love that question. Yeah. I think trust, absolutely, both ways. Honesty, Mm -hmm. boundaries. Boundaries. Boundaries are so important and not talked about very often. I know the last time I was in a class talking to kids about boundaries, they were like, what? Yes. And I was like, yes, let's please talk about that. It's not just physical. It's emotional. It's digital. Do you Mm -hmm. want people to have your passwords for your phone? Do you want to share your pictures on their timeline? You know, like, are you comfortable with that? That's a boundary. For sure. Are you comfortable financially sharing your account information with someone or money or uh, borrowing money. These are all boundaries. I think they're really important. Yeah. I love that you bring that up because um, that is like one of the lessons for our, our like structured youth, our classes that we do. Um, And that's always one of my favorite ones. We like go through these different questions with the students. And um, I think the last time I did it was with sixth graders. And the question that I ask is, what are your deal breakers? And they're always like, um, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, cool, good. I can teach you. But I, I'll explain it to them, you know, stuff that you, if you're in a relationship, even in a friendship, any sort of relationship, and someone does this thing, you will end the relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. Like that is your deal breaker. Or you will say, no, I'm not going to accept you doing that again. And I ask them, what is that for you? And and so many of them are like, I don't think I have that. We're all, it's, this is the first time I've, I, that they've ever thought about it before. And it's always really, it's very like rewarding for me to like be able to put that into their little brains that like, no, you have the right to say no to anything that makes you uncomfortable, you know? And I like, I love that you said that. Yeah. Are you the same person? I, I know. Like person <laughs> I know. We sometimes. feel that a lot. <laughs> and I love how just recognizing your boundaries forces you to like look at yourself yeah. and learn more about yourself and think about like, what am I comfortable with? What am I like totally not okay with? Because yeah. we don't often take time to think about those things in a relationship. You want to please the person that you're with, even if it's, and oh my gosh, the last time I did this, we had a lot of talk about parents, parent relationship. And, Aww boundaries with parents and they want to close their door and they need privacy and how do you you know and that's hard I was like that's great Mm -hmm. that's good and you should have those boundaries with your parents yeah you know I know (laughs) that that definitely yeah is is a little more difficult Mm -hmm. um and I think it it is about knowing yourself and like how many of us knew ourselves when we were 11 years old like (laughs) we were just trying to figure it out and Mm -hmm. that's why that that emotional component is so important when we're teaching kids, you know, like Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just as foundational as spelling and reading and math and all those things is how, 
how do you feel about yourself and and learning those things that you like and don't like and it's just very I think it's for a lot of these students, it's the first time that they have felt any sort of like empowerment, like Mm -hmm. any sort of iota of that feeling of being in control of their own selves. Because as a man, as a kid, you, you feel completely powerless. You know, people are making all these decisions for Mm -hmm. you. All these adults like know better. Um, And I think that that's a really big part of what makes a lot of our classes successful is because this is, you know, when we come into the classroom, a lot of the time, it's the first time that these students are thinking about themselves as a priority, thinking about their own feelings and what they mean. Um, And I just, I think that's so important because I didn't figure out who I was until I was like 25, like a year ago. (laughs) It's still like, it is a constant journey. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's so important to start that journey young. Yeah. And the flip side of the boundary conversation is of course, consent and everyone wants to sexualize that, that topic, but it's definitely doesn't need to be that way. Right. Consent starts from, you know, when they're five, three, two years old. Um, I know I started with my kids and making them hug family members they don't want to hug, tickling them when they don't want to be tickled. Um, I think we've taken it to an extreme now, though, because my girls will be like, my body, my rules, and they'll just shout it. If I try to tickle it, I'm like, okay, okay. Love it. No, you're right. You called me out. (laughs) They just like walk into the room. Or if I try to brush their hair, she's like, my body, my rules. And I'm like, okay, so cute. (laughs) I love it, but maybe we're taking this a little bit You're like, you're making this difficult for me. (laughs) So yeah, it's something something that you need to start when children are young, and that's so important that they learn that it's their body, and they get to choose what happens to it. Absolutely. So important. It's so important, because we we know the thing that we deal with in this job, the um, abusive behaviors and whatnot. And when we have children that know that their body belongs to them, that are empowered in that knowledge, then they will be more open to sharing when someone does something to that body, you know, Mm -hmm. the body that is theirs, they'll be able to recognize Because I think I've mentioned before, you know, I worked in CPS um, beforehand, before I did this job. And the, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids are, I mean, they trust adults. They Mm -hmm. trust the adults around them. If you don't teach them how important their own bodily autonomy is. I don't know. It, it just, it causes so many issues, not just when it comes to like abuse, but also self-esteem and their own Mm -hmm. identity. You know, I I grew up so just like down on myself. My self-esteem was garbage growing up. And I wonder how that would have been different if, and I know a lot of my friends, you know, went through the same thing. Most young people go through the, the shame, the body shame, the, the, yeah, it feels terrible. It feels terrible. And I think a lot of that can be counteracted with open communication about, your body is yours. It's your, it's this, it's the vessel with which you experience the world. And that is beautiful. Ooh, that was deep. I like that. Thank Nora. you. That was amazingly well put. <laughs> Thank you. And I think that, you know, that's something we really should be teaching from little, little babies, little babies have their bodies and they're theirs. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we got off on this tangent. Okay. Yeah. So talking about <laughs> I healthy relationships passionate. in media, Um, One of the things that I notice is that, um, you know, usually 
in TV shows and movies, we see a lot of intense feelings and it's very passionate, the relationship. Um, and there's not a whole lot of work that needs to be put into it in the movies, right? When we know in real life, it can be so incredibly disappointing when you're in your first relationship and you realize it is nothing like that. You have to yeah. work at it and you're going to make mistakes and the other person's going to make mistakes and you and and you have to put in the work. It's not just passion and romance, you yeah. know? I mean, there's a flip side and um, yeah. So let's talk about some healthy relationships in media. Let's do that. Um, I love Parks and Recreation. I don't know how you feel about it. Have okay, you? Don't hate me, but I've never seen it. That's okay. I could never hate you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you would love it, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very upbeat. It's one of those shows that just like makes you feel good for the people. Like they, mm-hmm. they all have their really like, you know, it it has its own problems. I'm sure, you know, as most sitcoms tend mm-hmm. to. Yeah. But. The relationships amongst the characters are very, very wholesome. And it's really about um, Leslie Nope and her love for her town, her her need to do good and um, put positivity into the world. And I love Leslie Nope. I just, she's, she's a hero, my heroine. Um, but she has an awesome relationship with Ben Wyatt, um, another one of the characters in, in one of the later seasons. And their relationship goes through a lot of those like trials, you know, they go through struggles, um, but they always are portrayed as so respectful towards one another. There is never any sort of like imbalance of um, power or any weird like dynamics like that. They, They really are just like kind people who just really enjoy each other's company oh, and I like, like that. it's it's beautiful it's really really good um I think that that's a great example of a healthy relationship and that also shows that like yeah it's hard it can be super hard and um I think one of the one of the things that we you know we always say relationships are hard work right I think one of the like the things that makes relationships hard work is when you start to recognize that you need to take a step back and see things from that other person's perspective. So I'm, you know, I'm really thinking about my relationship right now. Um, I've been with my boyfriend for, it'll be seven years in October. And, um, you know, we have a really, really strong connection, of course, Mm -hmm. after after this time. Um, But we still find ourselves like, you know, having arguments and like the the normal stuff, the normal bickering. And I have, you know, especially in the in the recent arguments we've been having, I found myself like in the middle of the argument, I'll just like take a step back from myself and I'll notice that like I don't really know why we're fighting. I just know that I feel upset and I think it's just sort of coming out. And I think that part of the hard work of making a relationship healthy is recognizing when you are just sort of acting 
on your feelings. You are, you're not thinking about what you're saying. You just know that you're hurt and you're not really sure why. And for most of, most of the time it's because I'm like tired or like hungry (laughs) or like uh, something else. Don't underestimate the power of being hangry. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Like it's so real. relationships. (laughs) It can. And I think that that's just like, it's something that we, we take for granted how, um, easily we just can say stuff when we're not feeling our best how Mm -hmm. easily those words can come out of our mouths um and I think part of the hard work of a healthy relationship is taking a step back and like getting out of your own head you know I find myself just like well why doesn't he think this well why isn't he doing this and it's a lot of it is me assuming that he knows how I feel a lot of assumptions Mm -hmm. um and I think that that preach. Yeah. I agree with that so much. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that we see it in a lot of um, media, right? We're when we're watching these relationships unfold in in these movies or um, TV shows, we see that it's like super easy for them, right? It, it's really easy for them to be on the same page and understand what the other person wants in any given moment, and that's what makes it look easy Mm -hmm. but the reality is that like you're two different people having two completely different thoughts and your brains are different your experiences are different so you're reacting to things the same thing differently in your heads but you might be assuming that they're reacting the same way that you are Mm -hmm. so I think that it's just about that open communication um and I know that we had talked about like consent right Mm -hmm. How does the media sort of misconstrue consent? What, like, how does it how does it make us believe consent works, and why does it work differently in real life? That's such a good question. Yeah, and when I think about if we're applying it in a sexual kind of way, mm-hmm. and whenever I see sex scenes in movies or TV shows, there's never, maybe once or twice maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> where they've even talked about consent beforehand. Yeah. Or they started off kissing, and before they started taking off their clothes, they were like, is this okay? Because we're doing something different now. Yeah. First we were kissing, and now we're getting naked. Yeah. Um, so there's no talk about what they want and what they're okay with. Or, yeah. you know, um, they don't show that. That's not a conversation. They just fall into bed, and it's just a romantic, passionate you know, moment for everyone and no talk needs to happen. We already know what we want, you know. Right. And we just read each other's minds. I know that you're fine with this. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you want. That is not consent. (laughs) Right. And, like, how does that end up shaping our interactions, like, in the future? Not only that, but, like, when we are having these, these interactions in the real world and our experience is completely different than the one that we saw in the movie. Like, you know, especially if you have no experience in the first place and then you are, you know, often you're trying to have relationships with people and it's so much harder than you thought it would be. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I would hear from like the high schoolers and stuff when we talk about having conversations um, and communication about consent. You know, there's this idea that like, Okay, well, but asking for consent is, like, really unsexy, and it's really awkward, and, like, I don't know how to do it. There's a, a conversation when, whenever we bring up having how necessary it is to have those conversations before you get intimate. Um, I get a reaction from people that's very much like, 
I don't know how to do that. Like I can't even imagine how I would ask someone if they are okay with me doing this to them. Like, yeah, and people, that's the point. The people who are like, oh, this isn't going to be sexy are the people who have actually never done it. Because if you've done it, you realize, A, you just gained a whole bunch of respect from the person yeah. that you're about to be really intimate with. Mm-hmm. And B, you might learn something that they really want and yeah. like, and you're both going to end up happier. Like, yeah. how could that how could that work out in anything but a great right intimate experience you know right and I think that it, it also needs to be it, it just has to be normalized because I I have heard from the other end of the spectrum that um you know that high schoolers or you know teenagers have tried to do the like you know is this okay and the other the person on the receiving end is like oh this is awkward I don't want to talk I don't want you to ask me I just want you to just like I want you to know what I want. There is such a culture of like not talking about it. Like it's so hard. You cannot have an intimate relationship without talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it needs to become normal from both ends of that spectrum. Because again, if a, if a young guy does do that and he, and he is like, Hey, is this okay? And the person on the other end is like, I, I am so uncomfortable. I don't want you to ask me. Then they're going to be like, okay, well, I guess I shouldn't ask in the future. Like, it's just going to make it so much more confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I would love to to see, like, a list of media, TV shows and movies that has that, like, active consent in it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I remember trying to find – I was a sex education teacher in middle mm. schools before this – and I was trying to find movies where they either talked about or actually put on a condom before they had sex. Oh, my gosh. And it's very rare. I think I found I could count it on one hand. And I didn't watch every movie, obviously. But what kids were watching at that time, yeah. and it just didn't happen. And I thought, man, so we talked about that in class. Like, why don't you see them doing that? That's such an important part. Yeah. And if you saw them doing that, wouldn't you be more likely to do it yourself? Yeah, because it's uh, it, it's we're portraying these relationships as like sexy because of the silence, because this person mm-hmm. just knows exactly what I want. But reality does not work like the movies or the TV shows because there is no, like in, in a movie you have a beginning, a middle, an end, and and everything is planned out and written for it to be a, a whole story, right? Our lives do not have a narrative. Our lives make zero sense narratively. If you tried to like make a movie out of any two hours of my life, you'd be like, this is the worst movie. This is so boring. <laughs> this is boring. <laughs> it's so boring. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Sometimes and I, it's embarrassing. Exactly. And I think that that just needs to be more, uh, just more normalized. Like the, the messy parts of relationships mm-hmm. and sex and, mm-hmm. and the things that aren't so pristine and perfect and pretty because I feel like, yeah, if we were to, to show the condom use, if we were to show the conversations, it would make people feel less uncomfortable about mm-hmm. doing those yep. things for sure. Yeah. That's and it, we need to see that in movies. Yeah. And uh, okay. So another healthy relationship that I just want to, I want to stand real quick. Yes. Is Kristoff. Oh my Aww. gosh. And, and Anna, like I just, oh. so there's a part in the second frozen mm-hmm. where she's going through crisis and her sister is missing and she's really upset. And instead of like riding in on his white horse and just taking over, he just comes up to her. And he says, I'm here. 
what can I do? How can I help you? What like, do you need? Yes. What does she need? Not me, not how can I save the day, but what uh, What do you need? I love like, that. I, I got goosebumps when I first saw it. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. That's so sweet. Isn't it? And I, okay, so I haven't seen the movie all the way through, I'll be honest. Um, But I remember Griff was also very like Frozen 2 stan. She loves Kristoff. Mm-hmm. Is there a moment where Kristoff asks Anna if he can kiss her before he does? Because yes. I remember Griff was mm-hmm. like all about that moment. Yeah. yeah. He's perfect. <laughs> There's our consent in media. Uh-huh. There's another great healthy relationship example. I also have uh, this really handy little list that like can help you to recognize like, is this relationship healthy when you're watching stuff in media and in, in movies and stuff? I love that. It's it's very handy. Um so let me go ahead and give you all these questions just so y'all can like start critically thinking about those relationships that you see. So question number one, do the people involved in the relationship compromise? Is everyone willing to compromise? Oh, I like that. Yeah. When you're watching these relationships, is there a conflict and one person has to have their way? In that case, that might not be the healthiest, right? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about before how the woman always is portrayed as like the sidekick, right? And she's lifting the man up and she's making the compromises to help him be a better person. Yeah. So not healthy. Right. Nope. Yeah. It needs the, that balance needs to be there, that mutual respect. All right. Question number two. Is each person in the relationship supported when they act in non-gender conforming ways? So if the boy in the relationship is crying and hurt and sad, does the girl get angry with him? Does the does the partner, you know, beat him down for showing that emotion or does that partner support it and and you know, let it happen and you know, help them out. I like that. Yeah, that's that's another really good example. I think these are also good examples for like our own relationships too, yeah, you right? Got me thinking. Right? Like, <laughs> do I support them when they, you know, when they are doing something that isn't typically masculine or feminine or whatever? You can ask yourself those questions and that'll that'll be helpful. Um, are individuals in the relationship willing and able to admit when they are wrong? Oh. So important. It's so important, y'all. It's, it's hard. so hard. It sucks. You don't want to be wrong. That's another one of those things that I would say is like part of doing the hard work to have a healthy relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Admitting you're wrong and recognizing when you are just reacting, when you are just reacting without thinking, being able to recognize, say you're sorry, say you're wrong, even if your partner is like, yeah, I know you were. Yeah, I know you're wrong. <laughs> Not speaking from experience or anything. Oh, somebody's hurt. <laughs> Who I, hurt you, Nora? I hate admitting when I'm wrong, but I do it because I need to. Yeah, see, that's the hard work. That's the thing that uh, that sucks about relationships. Yep. That's the thing that you don't want to watch on TV. Exactly. But exactly. And again, like they edit out all of the uninteresting, all the hard stuff, all the stuff that isn't going to make you feel nice. Yep. <laughs> they edit all that out. But that's the stuff that makes your relationship so awesome. When you pour yourself and when you put that energy and like when you're having an argument with your partner and you take the time to stop yourself from saying that mean thing, that strengthens your bond so much. 
so much more than when you allow yourself to just say whatever is coming into your brain, not apologize, hurt that person. It is just so much more fulfilling when you put that work in. Yes, Nora, yes. <laughs> I really I love, I really love healthy relationships. They're like my favorite. <laughs> um, okay, I have a couple more questions for, for the media. Um, does this person offer an apology for hurtful actions or behaviors without blaming the other person? Ooh. Yeah. Again, I was going to say, yeah, but then the, it's usually like, I'm sorry, but yep, I'm it's so- kind of your fault. <laughs> or I'm sorry if I made you feel that way. I will correct your apology until it is right. <laughs> and that's another thing that my boyfriend hates that I do. But I'm like, you're sorry if you did it or you're sorry that you did do it because you did do it. <laughs> and I need you to say it right. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it's important to me. Um, what is the communication in the relationship like? Is one person doing most of the talking? How does each person listen to the other person when there's a problem? I think that one's really good too. And then the last one here, very uh, relevant. How is sexual activity talked about in the relationship? Is one person always the initiator or the director of the relationship's physical intimacy? I am so glad that they put that on there. That's so important. Yeah. It's really just like analyzing all sides of that relationship and, um, Whenever we have media that is that shows these relationships in more than one dimension, more than just the like pretty perfect side of it, when when you get down, I, and you know it's it's sort of like we were we were talking about the Good Place a couple episodes ago, I love right? That show. It's so good, and you know we were talking about the concept of soulmates and how like you know maybe that's not like it, it, it's not as um, specific as as we think it is, you know, maybe it's not like there is just one person in the world that's just made for you. But in the good place, you know, Eleanor and Chidi, they, you see them working through the struggles in each and every like timeline, you Mm -hmm. know, until they end up together. And I think that it's so possible to tell stories that are beautiful romances, really awesome, lovely stories that are also real, that show the hard stuff, that show the communication, um, that show the stuff that isn't necessarily like narratively pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's important to just to have all all those facets, all the different, um, just all the different dimensions that you know, that happens with real people in real relationships. Mm -hmm. Because as much as we don't want to admit it, we watch these things and we do what we see. And that's, that's how humans are, you know, monkey see monkey do for real. And it's stupid. And (laughs) you don't want to admit that you do it, but I mean, you, that's how you form your relationships and that's how you form your thoughts on the world is from what you see. And we know that it's not real. We know it's the TV, but still, it still changes our brains. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Keep those brains turned on, you guys. <laughs> yes. For sure. I have had an awesome time. Same. Talking about all of the all of the healthy and unhealthy relationships that we see um, because we are just so surrounded by it. We're so surrounded by it. Um, and I hope that this has, like, given some people um, something to talk about, hopefully with your, your younger ones or your teens or your friends, your family, whoever, your mom, your dad. Tell your dad that it's okay for him to cry. <laughs> we need more dads that cry. <laughs> I love that. Yes. What are we going to talk about next? What are we going to talk about? Oh, my God. I, I don't know, but I'm sure that we will figure it out. 
Because, girl, you know I love to talk. Yes, and I love to hear you talk. Oh, perfect then. <laughs> All right, y'all. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.